are listening to the podcast of the White Church at the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share His love. Unity and diversity in the body. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Thank you so much, Greg, for reading for us. And now I'm going to turn it over to Katie. Good morning. I don't think that I introduced myself to you when I came forward earlier. So if you're new today with us here or online, my name is Katie and I'm the director of kids ministry here. I typically get to sit down front on the floor with the kids, but for today, I'm here. One of the things that I most love about teaching kids is that they have such simple faith. And we adults tend to overcomplicate things. There's a sweet children's song, and you probably know it, and kids, I think you'll recognize it for sure, but it goes like this. If I were a butterfly, I'd thank you, Lord, for giving me wings. And if I were a robin in a tree, I'd thank you, Lord, that I could sing. And it goes on through these different animals and talking about their unique special parts. And then the chorus says, Because you gave me a heart and you gave me a smile, you gave me Jesus and you made me your child. But I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. Now, if Paul had started singing this song to the Corinthian church, they would have really thought him ridiculous. But he may as well have, because it appears from our passage that there are some key things about the church that they just were not getting. And maybe this simple children's song would have put them into right understanding. And sometimes we don't get it either. We too can struggle to accept and be grateful for and take care of the things and the parts 
that God has given us. If you are alive, you have a body. So we can all understand Paul's illustration of the many parts of our body working together to function as one unit. The body is the most complex creation of God's, and every body he creates is unique and good. We actually see throughout the New Testament various examples of the church being described as a body. And indeed, that is what we are. Christ is the head, and we, the Christ followers on earth, are individual members of his body. The church is his body. When Bjorn started us in this series a number of weeks ago, our very first verse to read was from 1 Corinthians 12.1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Paul was making it clear right away in this chapter that we need to understand what the spiritual gifts are and what they are not. In our opening verses for today, Paul is further emphasizing this with the Corinthians. Now, at the time of Paul's letter, the city of Corinth was home to many people with very diverse backgrounds. Their socioeconomic status, religious beliefs, and places of origin all played into its diversity. It was a city described by one commentator as the New York, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas of the ancient world. Sexual sin was of particular abundance due to its location as a seaport, and so therefore there was a constant flow of men and women and money. But the diversity of the people was also reflected in the Corinthian church, and it contributed to some division and confusion. And so Paul wrote to them, In verse 3 it says, For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. The emphasis is mine on that verse. Paul's use of the past tense were shows that this is a fact to be recognized, not a goal to achieve. So in other words, what makes the Corinthian church body one is their common experience with the Spirit. They already received the Spirit. The Spirit is a key distinction of the believer from the non-believer. And so all believers, those who profess and believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, they are gifted and equipped by the power of the Holy Spirit to serve and contribute and minister with the church. We need to recognize then that the spiritual gifts are not excessive, frilly, unnecessary things. They serve a purpose, and that purpose is to serve a common good. Keeping that in mind then, that the gifts are to serve a common good, we can now look to the warnings from Paul of what it looks like when the church body is not functioning with that purpose. 
In our physical bodies, we sometimes experience disease or disorder. For example, when I've thrown out my back, it doesn't just affect my back. My hips get out of whack, my legs, my shoulders. And then because of the pain, I'm not sleeping well and my mind is foggy. And it affects the rhythms of home and work too. The functioning of my entire body is affected. Now the appendix inside our GI tracts is just a small finger-like pouch. And many medical professionals have thought that it's kind of a mystery, its purpose. And it's probably an organ that many of us don't consciously give particular attention to very often. I don't pause in my day and think, man, I love my appendix. It's really doing a great job for me today. We can function without our appendix, yes. But if it were to burst, I am definitely going to notice that. Just as there are afflictions in the physical body, so too can there be spiritual afflictions in the church body. And Paul talks about two of them in the remaining verses for today. And they are complete opposites. I'd like to draw your attention to verses 15 and 16. The first affliction that Paul warns us about is a mentality of, you don't need me. Do you see that in these verses? He repeats the phrases, because I am not, fill in the blank, I do not belong to the body. So have you ever found yourself thinking like this? Because I am not an eloquent speaker, I cannot pray out loud. Because I am not a teacher, I'm not wanted in kids' ministry. Because I am not an extrovert, I don't need to participate in a Y group. Because I am not a theologian, I cannot understand the Bible. Because I have not been following Christ for very long, I don't have much to offer. Because I am not young, I am not needed. Or because I am not an adult, I am not wanted. Because I am not just like so-and-so, I am not gifted in that area after all. Notice Paul's correction, though, in verses 18 through 20. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. He is highlighting the actual need for diversity. If everyone is the same, then there is no body. About a month ago, Bjorn and I got to celebrate these three beautiful women. They are our in-office administrative team. It was Administrative Professionals Day. And so you can see Megan, Tara, and Michelle. And we gave them some kind of funny little quirky gifts. I'm going to read their socks. We had these fuzzy socks made. I'll read them in case you can't see what they say. Megan says, I shop and label. What's your superpower? Tara's says, I wrangle the people. I know all the things. And Michelle's tech queen, copy machine ninja. And although it is fun and playful, 
It is absolutely true that each one of these women is uniquely gifted in the work of the church. Collectively, they have the gifts of administration, wisdom, faith, helps, discernment, and prophecy. These spirit-filled women are an integral part of the behind-the-scenes workings of the health of our church. Now, I say behind the scenes because we don't typically see them up front preaching like Bjorn does or teaching the kids like I do or worshiping up front like Michaela and her team. But they have gifts that neither Bjorn nor I nor Michaela do, and we need them. Our church needs them. We actually have several members of our church body that are gifted with these behind-the-scenes gifts. Those that have the spiritual gifts of intercession, faith, giving, mercy, those are some that especially come to mind. Intercessors enter into battles for others in prayer that we may never know about. They are burden-bearers. And they often see prayers answered in mighty ways. I have seen those with the gift of faith. They are particularly grounded in who God is. In all circumstances, trusting him. And building up the body of Christ with remarkable testimonies of God's faithfulness. We sometimes see those gifted with mercy. Sharing God's love in the places of deep suffering prisons, hospitals, recovery programs, underdeveloped countries, homeless shelters. They put themselves in the way of loving and serving those that are lost or forgotten or cast aside. Kids Ministry has been very blessed this year by a few members of our body that have shared their gift of giving. We have received financial donations and donated materials. And these members of the body, they give so cheerfully. They know that it's building up our kids. Now, our church body is also very blessed to have a Thursday serve team. I have two different pictures up here. They come in most Thursdays, and they share their gift of helps. They fold bulletins for us or they put together our welcome gifts, or they prepare kids' ministry items, materials. They assemble our mailing. Sometimes they help with the holiday decor. They always have donuts. I don't get that every time they get a donut treat and coffee. But they're wonderful. We also have a hospitality team. They're not simply putting centerpieces at our tables and setting up our coffee They are here making people feel welcome and wanted and valued here. They have unique, very unique sensitivities toward people. I think of Christy Miller, and I think she's probably particularly gifted in this area. She prepared our entire Seder meal for us last month, and I could just feel her love for for the people there in doing so. Our greeters are the first faces that others see when they come in our doors. They give us comfort and a sense of belonging, like we're coming in for our family meeting time. 
I love being with them in the entryway on Sunday mornings. And every Sunday morning, we also have a number of children and youth that are sharing their gifts. You'll see them serving breakfast at the breakfast table sometimes, but they also help with worship set up and the kids' classroom set up. And some of them, as I mentioned earlier this morning, they're student helpers with our adult leaders in the classrooms. The Holy Spirit is at work in them too. So for those of you to whom the Spirit has given these particular background gifts that I've just mentioned, be watchful for that you-don't-need-me affliction. It will leave you feeling useless, unqualified, ineffective, or even envious of other people's gifts. Do not let your gifts lie dormant. Do not let apathy settle within. Do not become disengaged or fall into isolation, believing that you are insignificant. The church needs you. And although people may not always see you, God sees you. And he's given you those specific gifts. And he wants to work through you and in you for his glory. So we've addressed the attitude of, you don't need me. Let's look at the opposite attitude of that, which is, I don't need you. And Paul addresses this in verses 21 through 24a. Paul is pointing out that although some parts are hidden and seem to be weaker, they are actually indispensable. So although we cannot see our internal organs, they are no less beneficial and necessary for our bodies to function. Jill talked about that with the kids this morning. Our heart is tucked way inside our body, but we cannot live without our heart. And I think that it's fair to say that we're all very grateful for our heart. Now, the unpresentable parts, that's what we would maybe call the swimsuit parts, the private parts. They're clothed and they're covered because they are special. They are not to be seen by everyone. So we cannot make any determinations of importance based on how visible the gift is. The problem with I don't need you is an attitude of self-sufficiency or even superiority. This spiritual affliction causes one to think of themselves as most important, that they alone matter. They view themselves as most essential and necessary and able to carry out independently of others' contributions. Do you know what this is called as a physical affliction? As a bodily disease? It's called cancer. And cancer's goal is to feed and grow itself alone. And it is not good for the body. In an earlier sermon, Bjorn shared with us that the Corinthians were found to be ranking their gifts. And they gave people who spoke in tongues an elevated distinction from others, as if they were somehow better or more important. And so I wonder if in these verses, Paul was especially warning those that have been given gifts that might be considered to be more seen or heard. 
I cannot speak for Paul, but I imagine that he may have been reminding people with such gifts of the great responsibility bestowed upon them. And beyond the responsibility, the humility, teachability, and spiritual sensitivity that must come with such gifts. Because what they do is for God and because of God's grace. I really loved how Bob Polar stressed God's grace to us last week. The attitude of, I don't need you, stirs up rivalry and pride, and it causes division. It creates individualism. That is not what the church is about. Alistair Begg is a well-known pastor, and he has like this really delicious Scottish accent. And I love this quote of his. The distinctions within the body of Christ are distinctions of function. They are not distinctions of value. The strategy of the evil one is to inflate us in order to defeat us. And the pattern that God has is to deflate us in order to exalt us. And so for those of you to whom God has given some of the more visual or vocal gifts, such as prophecy or teaching or tongues, I would like to say Paul's warning of self-inflation is to be taken seriously. We need your gifts, yes, but they are no more important than others. And I find it no mistake that God designed the visual parts of the body to actually protect the hidden parts. When members of the church start thinking of themselves as most necessary, the body gets sick. It suffers, and therefore the church suffers. When I was reading through our scripture for today, I had these flashbacks of my children's portraits of people that they would draw from when they were much younger. Because although totally developmentally appropriate, when children draw people, there is always going to be missing body parts or some parts of inflated over all others. It just is. I need to confess, I have not kept all of my children's drawings through the years, so I asked some of my neighbor kids if they would draw some people for me. I didn't give them any instruction. I just said, could you please draw some people? So, you can see what I mean, right? These bodies would not work out so great if they depicted reality. We have noses missing in all of them. I don't know why it's always the nose. I like having a nose. I like being able to smell. You can see that some of the parts are very inflated. The bellies. And here this body has nine heads. That would not work out so well with itty bitty legs. The third child doesn't have any inside parts. And this first one, it's like half, half, and half. So some of the parts would certainly have to work much harder than the other parts. 
Now, Jill asked the kids this morning, what part is most important? How do you pick in your own body what's most important? If you had to give up part of your body, which would you give up? Would it be an inside part or an outside part? How do you decide? Or if your entire body was only one part, what would it be? Ear? Gallbladder? How do you decide? Now the end of our scripture today, verses 24 through 26. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, Every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. God has given the parts as he wants them. And God has also combined the members, the parts, as he wants them. People everywhere, all over the world, are constantly searching for significance. Have you noticed that? For some, that looks like a shrinking back, a hiding away. You don't need me. And for others, it comes out looking like a puffing out. I don't need you. May the church of all places in all the world be the most obvious place that displays we need each other, we're different from each other, And we take care of each other. Harmony in the body of Christ is about diversity. But it's about diversity operating in unity under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word and its instruction. And we thank you for your divine design of the church body. I thank you for every person here and the way that you have gifted each one. Help us, Lord, to say no to isolation or envy and instead say yes to involvement and ministry with you and the church. We ask, too, that by your grace, you would come into our hearts and cause us to be humble. Help us to remember that our effectiveness is far greater as a whole. We thank you for this place and all the parts of it. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church Podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.